Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 322 with Mikhail Yan of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. What's going on, Founder Fam? Hope you're having a great day wherever you are around the world. Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine and uh, the host of this show. So really excited about today's guest. Uh, he's the CEO and co-founder of a company called ManyChat. And uh, here's the key things that you're going to learn from this conversation. You're going to learn about the rise of private versus public channels. You're going to learn his analysis on why China is so ahead when it comes to mobile and messaging apps and how to avoid the trap of building a product for the cool factor and you know his beliefs around entrepreneurship and really how to cultivate a really strong mindset because this company is growing super fast and you know Mikhail he's a super smart guy I learned so much from him in this episode so guys if you really are interested in kind of where like online chat is going and chat bots um, then you're gonna love this interview so that's it for me guys if you are enjoying these interviews please do take the time to leave us a review we're here to help however we can, and we're trying to just produce so much content to help you guys. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now I'll jump with the shot. The first question that uh, we always ask everyone that comes on is, uh, how did you get your job? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, we've been, like, I, I've been working on projects since I was 19 years old uh, on um you could call call it startups, um, and uh, one of the first things that uh, I built was actually an uh, e-commerce store that was selling uh, magic secrets. Like I, I would shoot videos. It was basically a content play, so I would uh, uh, shoot videos of how to do magic tricks, and then uh, promote them on YouTube and uh, direct people who like the effect. Uh, to the website to buy how to actually perform the trick. So there is like several uh, uh, similar uh, uh, stores that actually do this on a much bigger scale, uh, like Theory 11 or Illusionist. And I was doing something similar. Um, and then from that, it just started to, uh, I did a few 
more different startups uh, closer to the tech space, a recommendation engine for uh, uh, entertainment content, and uh, then a mobile app uh, that was a, a GIF messenger uh, where you would look at uh, uh, funny uh, GIF animations and you would, with one, one swipe, you could either save it or send it to your friends. We got like over 100,000 uh, users to that one. And then in 2015, um, I was a bit tired of the consumer space because it's really hard to crack. Consumer space is a very, you have to really, really feel the nuances of consumer behavior to actually make something that is that is valuable and viral uh, to actually succeed in it. And uh, this is why we've turned our eyes to the B2B space. And uh, given our experience in messaging, uh, when Telegram uh, Messenger opened up their API, I'm not sure how, how much your audience is familiar with the messaging landscape or with the specific Telegram uh, Messenger. It's, uh, it's, it's like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, uh, just uh, uh, a different messenger, hundreds of millions of users. And uh, they've opened up their APIs in 2015. And we were one of the first companies to start building on top of those APIs. And uh, that's when we got in traction because uh, we allowed people basically to uh, do broadcasts uh, on Telegram before there were any uh, uh, other ways to do that and that quickly became a great way to connect with your audience on telegram for businesses and countries where telegram was one of the top messaging apps and uh, it's quickly became obvious that it's not only about broadcasting it's about automation it's about business tasks there's lots of things that you want to do over messaging and uh, that's where it just became really clear that messaging is the future of how businesses will communicate with their customers because all of the customer attention is uh, inside the messaging apps. There's over 2.5 billion people using messaging apps right now. And uh, uh, I've shared this, uh, uh, I love to share this stat that in 2020, for the first time in history, the number of messaging app users is going to surpass the number of social media users. So messaging apps are the number one apps on our phones since 2020, which is uh, uh, I don't know if it's by 20, like at the start of 2020 or by the end of 2020, but that doesn't really matter. Um, it's the gap is going to grow, and uh, social media is very, very important. But messaging apps are at the core of how we connect with uh, people around us. And even Mark himself has said uh, a year ago um, that uh, he believes that uh, in time. Uh, private messaging networks are going to be even more important than the public ones. So, and this is the CEO of the biggest public social network. So this is why they're investing heavily in things like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, um, Instagram's direct messaging experience, et cetera, because it's, it's just two parts of a very important experience, the public experience and the private experience. And the actual transactions are going to be happening in the private experience. Mm, yeah, you see, I've seen some crazy stuff like in China, how like with yeah. um, WeChat and stuff like that. Are you guys like very inspired by that side of things? Of course, yes. I think China is is just uh, light years ahead of uh, the Western world right now in terms of the adoption of uh, messaging apps and the applications uh, of this interface. And just just in terms of, let, let's just take mobile commerce. Do you know what the uh, US uh, mobile commerce uh, share compared to the overall uh, e-commerce? So the mobile commerce share is 45% out of all e-commerce. So 45% mobile commerce, 55% desktop. That's where U.S. is right now. China and like Asia uh, uh, Pacific in general is at 77%. Yeah, wow. That just shows you the drastic difference in how people consume content and just the actual sales that are happening on this medium. 
But U.S. is actually on a specific, like as as the rest of the world, everybody is moving towards mobile. So U.S. actually is right now 45% mobile commerce. Uh, just in two years, in 2021, in, in a year actually, in 2021, U.S. is going to be uh, 54% mobile commerce. And by 2023, U.S. is going to be 60% mobile commerce. So it's a trend that's inevitable because mobile, like smartphones became the most important device in our lives. And uh, already right now, there is the number of web page views uh, has just like in November, 2019. So just a few months ago, for the first time in history, the number of mobile, the mobile traffic has surpassed desktop traffic. So there were more mobile page views than desktop page views. And people were talking about the mobile revolution for like 10 years now. And every year is the year of mobile. But like this is actually the first time that mobile has surpassed desktop in terms of page views. And in a year, it's going to surpass desktop in terms of actual sales. And this will make mobile the default platform. And uh, if mobile is a default platform and like people have to talk about, we, we need a mobile optimized website. No, you don't need to think about mobile optimized. You should be starting with mobile because mobile is the default. Mobile is the majority of the traffic. It's the majority of the sales. So you should be optimizing your, your website for desktop because you started with mobile because that's the biggest and the number one experience that you should care about. And uh, when when this happens, and you when you realize these stats, then the question that businesses should be asking themselves is: How do we communicate with our customers on mobile? What is going to be the way that we talk to our customers through this the 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 most important uh, medium? And uh, uh, the answer is. Sure, email is great, but email is not going to be enough for mobile. Uh, voice, people do not like a voice if you look at the stats and if you look at the preferences. Actually, the way that businesses are going to be communicating with people on mobile is going to be the same way that people communicate with themselves on mobile because that's what usually happens. Businesses always follow uh, uh, the mirror, the way that people communicate with each other. Uh, that's how businesses start to communicate with people. So. You have millions of people who are using email to connect with each other, and that's how you get email marketing. You have uh, hundreds of millions of people, billions of people who use social media to connect with each other. You have social media marketing. Now you have billions of people who are using messaging apps. You're going to have messaging app marketing uh, because that's where the attention is. Um, so yeah, this is this is uh, we're definitely inspired by what's happening in Asia. Asia has just leapfrogged uh, credit cards and leapfrogged email. And that's why there is such a high adoption of mobile apps, of uh, 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 mobile commerce. And this is how we are going to be, uh, uh, I think it's going to be unfolding the rest of the world. Uh, uh, the market is going to unfold in the rest of the world. Mm, interesting. So um, look, very like very familiar with many chat. I would see you guys as as the market leader uh, in this space. We were a customer um, years ago with you guys. Um, to be honest, we've never kind of doubled down on on trying to actively build our many chat yeah. list or anything like that. Um, however, I'm curious. Like you started in 2015. Um, like what what have you been strategically doing just from a business side that people can learn from to kind of take this market? So I think one of the number one things that we've learned uh, is that if you're going after, if you want to build a self-serve product and a lot of people who are just around the world and want to go after the world, it's going to be really hard to build a sales motion if you're not based in the U.S. or if your sales team is not based in the U.S. So a lot of people start out trying to build a self-serve uh, uh, product. And when you're doing that, you have to be really, really product obsessed. You have to 
really nail the experience for the customer, understand their uh, needs, understand why they uh, uh, why they would use your product, and how to deliver that experience and how to solve their problems. So uh, in the initial stages, when we were just starting, it was just me and that co-founder in 2015. Um, we had a problem ourselves that we were trying to solve. And uh, I think that's one of the best ways to build a product is uh, when you have the problem yourself, because uh, it makes making product decisions much easier and much faster and much uh, you have much more precision. The downside of doing that is that you should recognize the point where your needs are very specific and are not scalable beyond the market of yourself. And you should recognize where that 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 line is and then start to talk to the rest of the market just to understand where are those similarities in the problem that people are having and then build a solution for that. Um, we were uh, focused on business problems right away. Um, I think that was one of the key differentiators of main chat from the rest of the market. Everybody was trying to build um, chatbot platforms, AI platforms, etc. Whatever would get either investor interest or press coverage. Um, we were from the get go. We were building a communication platform that helped businesses uh, do great marketing and drive their uh, drive business results. And this is why we've actually like came up with a term messenger marketing and, uh, and then uh, started to talk about it more and more. Um, so I think being focused on, if you're self-serve, being focused on the product first and foremost means being focused on the customer. So really, really understanding what that pain is and how you're solving it and then making the best possible product for that. And uh, 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 if you're building for businesses, then uh, a, a even more specific question would be actually understanding the actual uh, uh, business outcomes that you're trying to drive and uh, building for that. I think a lot of companies and a lot of startups get into the trap of trying to build something cool, something that is exciting in the short term, but something that doesn't generate uh, uh, retention in terms of uh, business results and engagement. And uh, that's a trap because uh, you can get excitement, but that will generate a false positive uh, result for you. Uh, you can even get some growth, but then you're gonna, the hype is gonna die down and then you're gonna be in a, uh, not in the best place uh, um, to be. So uh, there's lots of, in consumer space, it's much more prevalent. Like there, like all these apps that's, just uh, went viral and then went bust. Um, like the infamous Yo app or Secret or Yik Yak, et cetera. And I think in the business space, there's also uh, these types of things happen uh, when something gets very, very exciting and people like jump on the bandwagon and then if it, if it doesn't deliver actual sustainable business results, then that's not going to be something that uh, creates a long-term uh, um, company uh, that's growing. Yeah, I agree. So um, talk to me, when did you move to the Bay Area? Where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Moscow. My uh, parents are coming from China and Armenia and uh, Moldova. There is like... My family comes from uh, all over the place, all over the globe. Uh, we moved to Bay Area in 2014, um, and we got into a program called 500 Startups. Uh, and uh, that was really, really uh, uh, a great experience for us, since if you're uh, outside uh, the... Uh, Silicon Valley uh, uh, area and network, it's hard to get inside. It's hard to uh, uh, start building out those contacts and build that credibility and uh, uh, raise money, et cetera. 500 startups and other accelerators like Y Combinator 
are actually uh, very helpful in getting these young companies uh, into the space, into the network, uh, uh, educating them, mentoring them, and then providing them with an opportunity to raise money at the demo day. Um, actually, when we were raising money at the demo day, we got a lot of interest because chatbots in 2016, they were like all the rage was about chatbots and we got a lot of attention. And when those investors started asking questions, uh, uh, they were all asking questions about artificial intelligence, natural language processing, and all the other uh, uh, really important technologies, but uh, for the wrong reasons, because they were asking those questions mostly because of the amount of uh, press coverage that those technologies were getting right now in TechCrunch. Um, and um, we were really honest because we didn't want to build relationships with people who didn't understand what we were doing. So we were saying that we're building a communication technology. It's it's not about, uh, at this point, it's not about uh, uh, heavy investment in that technology. And it's more about uh, helping businesses leverage a new communication channel, which is messaging apps and chat. And that's when like their interest was very much <laughs> cooled off. Uh, we got about 40 uh, people to either uh, decline to invest or um, just just ghost and stop responding to emails or just make requests that were um, uh, silly in terms of the data information requests. And we decided to bootstrap at that point, but by the end of the uh, summer, in just a few months, actually, one of the funds uh, understood uh, the vision and decided to invest. And that's how we raised our seed round. We were able to scale the team from three people to nine people at that point. And that's what allowed us to build the product and actually get to profitability. Since that, we've been able to improve on the product very much, uh, get to over 1 million uh, Facebook pages connected to the platform uh in over 190 countries so basically the whole world and recently raised the series a from uh Bessemer, uh which is one of the oldest and most experienced funds in, in the valley so very fortunate uh, uh to like have done that but that wasn't like all that bright, bright and sunny when we were just starting out so one of the other uh, lessons that i would share uh is that uh, when you're starting out, that's everybody's talking about the death valley and like how everything is, how every company is by default dead. That's one of the sayings that Paul Graham is, is, has mentioned. Like, are you default dead or are you default alive? And by default alive, it means that if nothing, like basically your operation is pro profitable. So that means that uh, by default, you're going to stay alive and everything is going to be good. Maybe you're not growing as fast as you want to be growing, but uh, like you're not going to die. And every startup by definition at the start is default debt. So you're not generating revenue and there is a limited amount of resources that you have. So you have to really uh, work fast to get to a point where uh, you're actually default alive. So uh, the, the advice would be to uh, believe in yourself and to, uh, it's it sounds cheesy and like, uh, or, or or obvious, but uh, it's actually, uh, it was a really important lesson uh, that uh, when you're starting something new, a uh, company in a space, or usually it's something that's not been done before, or you have like people who are you're competing against, you really have to have that level of uh, belief in, in yourself and your team uh, to have a chance to succeed. Because if you don't, then the chance that was already slim uh, becomes zero. So it's really important to foster that belief. And it's not something that you should wait for. One of the biggest uh, lessons that I think uh, came out of this is that uh, that belief is, it's, it's basically a state of mind. It's a, it's a decision that you make uh, mentally and emotionally uh, that you're going to find a way. Uh, I think a lot of people think that this type of belief and emotion uh, should come organically, that you shouldn't force it or that you shouldn't 
uh, that that like you should just wait for it to appear. And uh, what's in, at least in my experience, it's not the case. Uh, you shouldn't be forcing it in terms of taking it, but uh, what you what I think you should be doing is finding that that place inside herself that has that belief. And usually it's there. It's just that you need to pay attention to it more and to feed it with your attention. And then it becomes bigger. And uh, uh, that belief is the foundation for all the next actions that you're gonna take. That's how you can inspire yourself, the team around you, investors, partners, um, and it has to be genuine. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Nobody talks about mindset but it's like someone once told me you know you want to build a hundred million dollar company right if you can believe in like you actually truly utterly believe it in your mind that's they believe that's half the battle um yeah do you agree i would i would agree with that um i think there is a lot of nuance to statements like this but overall i think that's I would say this, uh, if you don't believe that's possible, then the chances of that happening are very, very slim. And uh, whatever, like, you might not be like thinking about 100 million or a billion right away, but you should be thinking about the next step that you should be taking and you should believe uh, that it's possible and that you're doing uh, the, you might not be sure 100%, but if you don't believe in what you're doing, then just imagine like going out and talking to investors, talking to partners, talking to employees and getting them to believe. Like belief is contagious. So uh, if you want to hire the best employees, if you want to get the best investors, you should be able to ignite that belief in, in them. And that's, basically impossible to do if you don't have that belief yourself or you're lying to them and if you're lying to them that's not a good place to be because uh, uh that's that's not like that's not how you want to that's one the, the culture that you want to build and not that's not the foundation of the relationships that you want to be building so uh the question would be uh, i think it's a great question to ask yourself if you don't have that belief for some reason, or that's that that strength of that belief is not that high. The question would be why, and then uh, working through those objections and facing those fears or insecurities that you have. And everybody like goes through that. Like even look at Facebook. Like they're a five hundred billion dollar company that is like facing antitrust lawsuits from everybody, etc. And like there is, you're never gonna be truly independent of the circumstances and of the environment and you're never going to be like in a position where it's like 100 percent you control everything there's always going to be things that are coming at you so uh the question is like do you have that that uh intention inside yourself and do you have that uh um view that there is going to be like there, uh, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. But there, like nobody knows the future, and it's your job as a leader to focus on the future that is the most positive for the for all the stakeholders involved. So for for the company, for your employees, for your investors, for your customers, for the communities that you're serving, and etc. As Business Roundtable has put it the uh they've changed the purpose of the corporation uh so they went from uh saying that the purpose of the corporation is uh, value for the shareholders uh to value for all stakeholders and i think that's very smart uh, because value for shareholders doesn't build sustainable businesses to be honest you're optimizing for the short term a lot of the time anyway uh, i think we've gone a bit meta here but i think it's very important uh having that uh it's it's not just like if you read i think uh, sam altman from white Combinator also mentioned it in his uh, like rules of success or something one of the things that he mentioned like i think like a second 
point that he made is like almost like over uh, like the excessive self-belief. And uh, that could drive, like you should know uh, where, like when to stop that because if you have too much of it, then you stop asking questions and you have uh, an arrogant position, which will actually lead you into trouble because you're not making sense of the outside signals. And that's how you get into trouble being like too, having too much belief in your own vision and just going into a wall because the market doesn't need what you're selling or whatever. But that said, you shouldn't have too little of it because if you have too little, then you will not be able to get out of bed and inspire your uh, uh, team and investors and partners to uh, go and build something great. So, and that's a very, like that's a, People think that, again, it's, it should come organically. That's a skill. Like getting into that emotional state, getting into that mental state, that's a skill. And I think it's very important for leaders to, um, uh, to, to uh, learn that. And uh, it shouldn't be, again, it shouldn't be fake. It should be something that you can tap into. How do you, how do you cultivate that skill from your experience? Cultivate it, refine it champion it work on it so how do you cultivate uh let's say let's go from the other way how do you cultivate um doubt the way you cultivate doubt is usually by asking and by focusing on all the things that could go wrong and uh, uh, you can create more doubt by asking more of those questions and by imagining more negative scenarios and by basically taking your attention, pouring it into those types of um, possibilities. So to create confidence and to create uh, the uh, belief that we're talking about here, uh, one of the things that uh, one can do is actually to think about all the things that could be done to actually achieve the goal and to, to make it work and to find a way, etc. It's not something that you should, again, the, uh, the wrong way to think about this is that, oh, I shouldn't pay attention to all the risks. No, you should be pay paying attention to all the risks, but you shouldn't be overpaying attention to all the risks and underpaying all the positive things that can happen. I think one of the actual like actionable things that uh, people could do is actually to spend more time uh, thinking about the good outcomes that can happen and uh, imagining uh, how they can achieve them. Not fantasizing, but actually setting up an action plan on how to go about them. And underneath all of that, there is something of a decision that you're making inside yourself. And that decision is uh, by basically adopting an attitude of there, there is a way. Because if you're adopting an attitude, there is no way, then that's what you like. You're basically cutting off yourself from your creativity. So it doesn't make sense for a business leader or for any leader to adopt a way that, oh, this is impossible. And if you adopt the attitude, this is possible, then a lot of really great ideas start to pop into your head. Uh, you know, attitude changes a lot of things. Like the famous example is the, I, I, I think it's like a hundred meter record or something. And uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I don't know the actual uh, number, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is there was a record of like, let's say 10 seconds. Uh, and uh, the four minute mile, there. right? The four minute mile, that could be it. So we can like, uh, the, the idea is that at some point, nobody in the world has done it and it seemed impossible. And then one person does it. And then all of a sudden, like 30 other college kids around the world just do it just in the same year or like in the year following that. Once that mental barrier gets broken, then all of a sudden, everybody allows themselves and their bodies and their minds to actually achieve something more than they allowed themselves prior to that. So why wait for somebody to beat that record if that could be you? And to do that, you have to break that, that ceiling, that glass ceiling within yourself without waiting for somebody else to do it. 
And the way you do that is you make a decision. You make a decision that this is possible and I'm going to do it. And nobody knows, like the people ask me, but what, what if it is impossible? Then, then you're not going to do it. But it's your job to make that decision that it is possible and go after it. And if it's not possible, so be it. Maybe somebody else will do it. Maybe like that's not the right time. It's not the right people. Maybe like all of the things that can happen. But the attitude that you go into that uh, action and, and into that uh, um, into achieving that, it's it's possible, and I'm going to do it. And there's no doubt behind those words. You can imagine yourself. I don't know how much like you are into like UFC fights or anything. Like it's it's just imagine like or let's say boxing might be more relatable to everybody around the world. Imagine a championship fight and you're like, oh man, I really don't know if I'm going to win this fight or like that is crippling your ability to win that fight. Even if the guy is bigger or whoever is your opponent is bigger or scarier or whatever, whatever the qualities to achieve that are necessary, the only the only attitude that you should be walking into that is sure there's all these qualities that that person has, but this is my fight. I'm going to win it. And then you figure out how you do it. That's the, that's the foundation that that decision of adopting that attitude is the foundation. And then afterwards you take a realistic look at all the things that are happening. It's not about being, uh like not paying attention to all the differences that are it's about adopting the attitude the attitude and then being realistic about what's happening what are the strengths and weaknesses like what are we actually going to do here and but you go from a position of this is possible and i'm going to do this and those are the two steps i think what's uh what's your glass ceiling What's my glass ceiling? I think it's 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 less gonna be about businesses. It's more gonna be about certain personal development uh, things that uh, uh, I'm pondering. So I think uh, if we're talking about business, then for many chat, there is lots of milestones that we will need to achieve. Right now, Mainshot is a hundred-person company, and uh, so there is like all these milestones that we want to break. And until we break them uh, and achieve them, I would say the next uh, milestone for us would be uh, in terms of if we're talking about like revenue or valuation or number of people working for the company, you can you can actually uh, capture the scale of the company like through different metrics, but all of those have pretty round numbers and we can say that our next step is to achieve that and uh, whenever we were thinking about what we were doing in, in my mind there is uh, a clear path to to achieving it it's not going to be easy it's not going to be like it's not going to be uh, in any way uh, like our experience shows that it's not going to be a straight path but uh, uh, we know what we need to do to, to get there. Hmm. I'm curious, um, just switching gears because we have to work towards wrapping up, but yeah, thanks for being sure. so open and honest around mindset. Cause I think it's, I think it's so key. Like I, I think it's, it's a very, very important thing that people don't talk about cause it's not sexy. You know, people want to hear the latest tactics, hacks, and I'm sure you could yeah. share many on like when it comes to, to you know, messenger marketing. Um, for sure. For sure. Um, but I'd like to switch gears uh, just just from the mindset piece and and really talk about kind of the future of many chat. What's what's exciting? Um, you know, like I look. You know, we've actually interviewed. We've in, you we've interviewed the founder of Drift, one of the founders of Drift, one yeah. of the founders of Intercom. Um, on the whole conversational piece, uh, that's kind of you know in app uh, as in app yep. tools. Um, is that a space you guys are looking to move into? Are you looking to move into, you know, or stay purely, uh, you know, on Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or like, talk to me, what's the future for you guys? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, like the 
two two of the founders of Intercom are actually our angel investors. So wow, there you go. <laughs> uh, really, really uh, excited about what they're doing. We're not planning to move into app uh, uh, in app communication space because that's just not our market. We are working with e-commerce uh, folks with SMBs around the world, and we are much more excited about. Uh, uh, helping businesses connect with their customers through messaging apps. And usually those businesses connect with them when they're not on their website, when they're either in the offline space or in their online space, but have quickly moved away from the website. So imagine you're on an e-commerce website on your mobile phone, because once again, majority of e-commerce is already mobile around the world. Uh, I mentioned 77% in China, but uh, uh, the worldwide stats are 64% and U.S. is at 45%. So U.S. is uh, 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 catching up to the uh, Asian uh, penetration right now, but it's going to catch up really, really soon. So you have a person on the mobile, uh, uh, on your mobile experiences in e-commerce, and that person has questions. So having even just an not an in-app, like an on-site web chat, is great, but not for mobile experience, to be honest, because if you're not responding to that chat instantly, which majority of e-commerce folks do not, then that is a bad experience because you have to, for that chat to stay open, you have to actually continue looking at your Safari or Chrome page without closing your phone. Otherwise, the connection is going to die or you as a lot of them do, you transfer that into an email conversation, but that's not really mobile friendly. Like you're entering your mobile phone, uh, your email on a mobile experience, and then somebody's going to get back to you over email. And like, that's not a experience that's native to mobile. That is, that is uh, a great experience on mobile. A much better experience is you have a question on the e-commerce website, you press a button and you're instantly transitioned into a, uh, a messaging app or an SMS experience. And you just ask the question, close your phone and put it in your pocket and go on your way. And in a minute or in five minutes or in an hour, somebody will get back to you and we'll, start, we'll have a conversation with you uh, over chat. And we'll say, oh, you're looking for this? Yes, we have it in black. What size do you need? And you can actually chat with that person like your friend. And then they can send you, you can even finish the order by chatting with them through SMS or, or, or Messenger. And they will send you a payment link and you'll pay with Apple Pay or whatever. And it's going to be all very smooth and without you having to wait online uh, or opening your email client and reading like, it's not, it's not, it's not an experience that you can have over email, to be honest. Um, email is great for other things for like, don't get me wrong. Like I think email is a great marketing channel. It's just not that great for mobile uh, two-way communication uh, that is instant and short form. So uh, this is this is the, play, the, the idea that and the overall market that we want to capture. It's how do we help more businesses around the world use messaging apps uh, and SMS. So basically this is what we call chat marketing, uh, all the chat interfaces to better connect with their customers and have better relationships and doing that, uh, help them convert more people and uh, grow their revenues. Mm. So you guys are getting into SMS now too, yeah? Yes, we already have SMS. We've launched it uh, in Q4 last year. And uh, this is a great uh, opportunity, actually, for me to highlight that ManyChat is not only about like mess Facebook Messenger. We already have SMS for US and Canada. Uh, we have our initial beta email integration, and we're going to be adding more channels throughout the year. So um, we are trying to solve not not just like one channel, like Facebook Messenger. We are trying to uh, help the business. Uh, get an omni-channel presence and uh, have a unified view of their customer uh, and uh, orchestrate the marketing automation efforts through all those channels. And uh, when people ask us, oh, so you're, you're an automation company and the actual response to that is 
that's only a part of the equation. Like we have live chat interface right inside main chat because we believe that it's not about the boxes that the industry wants to put you in. It's about the actual problem that you're solving. The problem that we are solving is customer communication. So some of it might be uh, automated, some of it might be manual. Sometimes it makes sense to qualify the lead by asking questions, do, do that automatically. But if that person qualifies, then to transfer that person to a salesperson as soon as possible to have a manual live chat. And ManyChat supports that for channels like Facebook Messenger and SMS. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. I have noticed a, personally, I've noticed an increase in, um, and, and also usage and push towards SMS. You see a lot of influencers now, they say, text me. And, uh, you know, they use a tool, I don't know, it's called Superphone. And I've seen like, so people text and then they get added to their text messaging service. Um, yes. So, yeah, no, it's it's really really interesting. I think the the challenge, even for for myself as as a potential and and right now we're a customer of yours, is okay. We use Marrowpost um, to do all our email marketing. They've just yes. bolted on, they've just bolted on SMS. Um, who do we use? Do we use yeah. Do we use Medichat or do we use Marrowpost? And how do we make it all? interconnect and and it's seamless yeah. like you said that omni channel yes so <laughs> my response would be biased but i would suggest using main chat the question is uh what types of like you should look at the 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 the, the more objective answer would be you should really assess your needs in terms of the features that you're looking to uh, uh, utilize and uh, um, so for example main chat is the best at messenger marketing is really great at sms marketing and i think actually at sms marketing we're like we're one of the uh if not the first uh company to actually uh, create interactive sms inside the flow builder and uh, so it's not just about like just broadcasts or live chat or even triggered automation it's about actually setting up uh, those uh, uh, interactive scenarios inside SMS, which are really great for like situations where you have abandoned cart, for example. The person could have abandoned that cart for like five different reasons. And uh, instead of just sending them a coupon, you could actually ask them and say, hey, like, by the way, why did you leave your cart? Like, was there a problem with the connection? Did you just forget it? Do you need a discount? Uh, uh, is there not the right color or size or is the shipping too slow? Like what is the, what, what is the reason? And, uh, when the person basically specifies the reason you can actually help them by giving them a discount or no, like setting up a notification for them to say, Hey, we'll just ping you when the, uh, uh, right size or color is in stock. Or if they're having trouble with shipping, you can say like, hey, here's a discount for expedited shipping if you need it faster. So you could actually customize that and close much more of those sales by using an interactive uh, SMS solution. Uh, and uh, that's why we are so excited about providing that option for our customers. But for example, if you're looking for the best in class email marketing platform, Right now, at this moment, many shots, I'll be frank, we are not the best uh, email marketing platform right now. We are going to be in a few uh, uh, months once we deliver all the product updates that we are planning. But uh, uh, that's how I would think about making this decision. I would just think about what's what's the most important and try and either orchestrate it or use one platform and then uh, uh, wait for all the features to be rolled out. But this is one of the things, like, uh, I get where you're coming from. This is one of the things that we're also really excited about. And this is what we want to solve. We want to basically take your three, four uh, customer communication platform that you're using and just build you an all-in-one solution so that you have a unified view of the customer. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And it makes sense from like helping the customer because like there are so many tools that that that, that do this and facilitate this. Um, 
like on the SMS side, we use Twilio now that I like, you know, but I want to actually set up many chat and text and all that kind of stuff as well. But like, it's, it's one of those difficult things um, where it's just so many tools, but then on the business side for you, it makes smart, it makes smart sense. Like um, for us at founder, as an example, we, we look to essentially bolt on, uh, other ways like other services or products in ways that we can help facilitate a founder's growth it's not just um, content it's not just online courses it's not just uh, yeah magazines or books it can be one-on-one mentorship it can be some SaaS tools I, I don't know what they are but yeah so yeah. it makes sense that if you have a customer base or a a community you want to solve their problems in many different ways around one singular focus yeah agreed awesome well look um we have to work towards wrapping up mike uh where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work so uh you could follow me uh on instagram uh i'm posting like business updates there uh it's mike uh, dot d as in david dot y a n we're trying to get a better um username um and uh so that's where the way to follow me on instagram and uh if you want to learn more about main chat that's m a n y c h a t dot com you can sign up for a free trial uh it's actually not even a trial it's a free plan uh, you'll be able to build a Facebook uh, uh, automated experience. And uh, the pro plan starts at $10 a month, so it's very affordable. Awesome. Well, look, thanks so much for your time, Mike. I really appreciate it. I'll let you get to your meeting, man. Sorry we went over. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in-depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.